0: Hello there, I'm Peter Strack and welcome to this edition of Stockhead's Rock Yarn. Silver Mines has recently boosted estimated mineral resources at its Bowden's polymetallic silver-dominated project in southeast New South Wales to 200 million tonnes, grading about two ounces of silver per tonne, along with associated lead, zinc and gold. The company has indicated that it is now running hard towards development of an initial 16 and a half year project to produce a concentrate containing silver along with associated lead, zinc and gold. To update us on feasibility work and operational plans for this year and beyond, we're delighted to welcome the company's managing director, Anthony McClure. Anthony, can you begin by a brief description of the Bowden's mineralisation, its location and access to infrastructure? Yeah, good morning,
1: Peter. Uh, yeah, so um, Bowden's is a, um, a project that's, that's uh, located just outside of Mudgee, so it's about 30 minutes outside of Mudgee in central New South Wales. Um, we um, The project was initially discovered by CRA back in the 1990s, um, so it's been through a few iterations. We we are the group that's um taken it forward in terms of the the determination of the uh, mineral resource and as you just mentioned the expansion of the mineral resource just announced uh very recently is um uh, has increased very very significantly so um from a an ounce point of view we've we've added about forty five million forty forty five percent increase in in um in ounces um so that has been a big success for it but the 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 um uh, the project now has almost 400 million ounces of silver equivalent in it. So that includes a little bit of zinc, a little bit of lead as well. But by, by far, the, uh, the main product, of course, is, is is silver. So the system is vast. It's a low-sulfidation epithermal uh, deposit. We are still yet to fully understand the extent of the mineralization. It's still going at depth. It's still going uh, north and south, and, and particularly to the southeast of the project we're starting to see more gold come into the system so uh the mineralized system is as i say is 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 massive um and yet to be fully determined what the actual size of it it is but you know 400 million ounces is the largest uh undeveloped silver deposit in in australia and and one of the largest globally yes it's
0: vast and what access to infrastructure power water transport that sort of thing
1: well central new south wales so we're you know, we're not in the desert. Um, we're not, uh, you know, further west, New South Wales, where logistics can be um, can be challenging. So um, we have good infrastructure. The the township at Mudgee itself is effectively a coal mining town. So you have the the large Uland fields north of Mudgee, uh, the coal fields there, which um, continue to operate. So Mudgee is a service centre. But in between, we we're we're, we're al- almost immediately in between. Um, the you know the, the mining centres of Musselbrook to the north of us and Orange uh, to the south of us. So, you know, people think about you know mining in Australia and West Australia and Queensland and so forth. But mining in New South Wales is significant, um, particularly coal mining. Um, the port of Newcastle is one of the largest export. It will is the largest export terminal uh, for coal in the world. So, coal is big business. Um, obviously, the dynamics as as we go forward will. Will change. Um, the government here is is a new government, and and uh, the new government is and then the previous government was very focused on diversification um, and getting out of coal as we move forward in the next uh, few decades. But the infrastructure is there and is is morphing into diversification in the state. So that's that's great for us.
0: Yeah, so you get over to Orange, you've got Kadia Ridgeway and the McClure's Gold Project that's uh, that, you know going to be developed at some point. So, Anthony, I understand that mining initially will target higher-grade zones within this global resource of 200 million tonnes, uh, which is, you know, as I said, about 200 ounces of uh, silver equivalent per tonne. What's the expected head grade of the ore from an open pit mining and how might... Deeper zones be mined with even higher grades of all metals. Yeah,
1: so the head grade for the initial open open cut. Well, I'll go back one step in in terms of the um, the development that we're looking at. So the initial initial development, which incidentally we've just got approval for, and I'll touch on that in a moment. But that's for a yeah. It's a sixteen year mine life. It's um, from surface mineralisation. The grade from surface is around about hundred grams. Per ton, that's uh, silver and, and zinc and lead combined as as the silver equivalent, um, and that that is a um, it, that's premium for us. Um, given the first few years, we virtually have no strip, so open cut, no strip. It's on a topographic high, and so the first first uh, three or so years of the mine are, are prolific. We'll produce about six million ounces of silver a year plus. Bit of zinc plus a bit of lead, um, so so that's great for us. But what what we're um, quite focused on at the moment is is what phase two is going to be. So phase one, um, yes, initial open cart, It's a you know a, a, a decent sized mine for, for for silver. It'll be um, over time be the largest silver producer in the country. Um, um, but what we're focused on on now is. Um, is what's going on underneath, and I'll, I'll, I'll just go back a little bit on terms of the geology. So, we we um, uh, when we took over the project, uh, it was well understood in the top sort of 100 150 meters, but very little was known uh, what was underneath. And and you know, from a we're a you know a good geological team and and whatever and we we're very curious about these sorts of things, and we wanted to understand what was underneath, and so. Right from the outset, when we took over the project in 2016, we we did some deeper drilling and um, I think our deepest drilling is down to sort of 550, 600 metres. Um, and lo and behold, the mineralized system continues and there's um, significant zones of very, very high mineralization. Yeah. so high-grade yeah. mineralization and you get zones which are, are sort of up to... Um, you know sixty ounces per ton it's it 's just it is yeah. quite significant um, so we're we 're in the throes of a underground um, scoping study so a pre feasibility study for a potential development and we you know, we 're roughly scoping that out to potentially come online um, in year three after the open cut um, development so the, as I say, the mineralized system uh, continues at depth. And, and yes, uh, we have a, a 16 year mine life for the phase one. But I'm happy to you know, put my hand on my heart and say this mine will be in, it continue to be in production in, in 50 years' time.
0: Yeah, so then when you'll be mining six and seven ounce silver, which is uh, quite valuable. So, what do you expect to be the cutoff grade for silver in the initial open pit phase?
1: Uh, well, our resource assessment is a is a thirty gram uh, cut. Um, the resource assessment that we put out um, shows the, how the the ore body behaves um, or the deposit behaves um, at different cutoff grades, and and fortunately, um, we do have a very high grade component um, within yeah. the. Uh, the open cut, and obviously, you know, as we drill uh, deeper down, so that that gives um surety of the project going forward. you know silver is like any commodities, prices go up and down and, yeah. and whatever, but um having that luxury of of the high grade component uh, weatherproofs the project in um if we do face you know um, yeah uh, uh, periods of, of lower commodity price, but yeah the 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 project has been you know, previous um. People looking at the project, um, we're looking at a, a much larger open cut. So we we're, we're at a two million tonne per annum open cut operation and when we took over we scaled it back to what the previous owners were looking at and they were looking at four million tonnes per annum and up to six million tonnes per annum. And that that yeah, that's a pretty sizable mine. Requires a lot of water, and yeah. and water not always available. So we we scaled it back, one on chasing the grade and and looking at a more sensible um, uh, project, less water requirements and so forth. But but driven by the economics, of course, and and uh, uh, but yeah, you know, water is is obviously important. Yeah, you know, we think over time it'll probably end up to be a much larger three, four, five million ton per annum operation, uh, but. Yeah, having having a kickoff rate at 2 million tonnes is a lot more sensible than, yeah, something bigger.
0: Anthony, can we get onto the metallurgical process flow sheet? How does that look and, you know, what's the final product? And and would there be an opportunity to move to produce silver metal from the project or is it just going to be concentrates?
1: Yeah, it's going to be concentrates. Um, that, so, you know, obviously no smelting on site. Um, yeah. The, um, you know, we've got the luxury of, of, uh, you know, the Port Piri smelter in Australia and um, the, uh, the the product will be, um, we'll have two products from the site and one will be a, a silver lead concentrate, which is the main product given 70%, uh, sorry, 70% of our revenues are from silver, uh, 20% from zinc and 10% from lead. But the silver and lead concentrate will be the main um uh, concentrate, and that'll be uh, likely to be uh, rowed and then railed to Port Pirie in South Australia for uh, for for smelting. So that's um, Port Pirie, as you know, was developed for the Broken Hill laws. And,
0: and Anthony, so what's the overall what's the overall recovery of uh, silver out of um, the ore body?
1: Yeah, good good point. For each of the commodities, is around about eighty percent. However, that that was um, according to our feasibility study, which was. Done in 2018. Uh, we're going through an optimization program at the moment, and and that that is concentrated at at uh, the further drilling that we've done. Uh, the 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 ore reserve is is going to expand. Obviously, the the mineral resource has just significantly expanded. So, yeah. um, one would ordinarily think the ore reserve will expand. So we're working on that at the moment, but. Um, equally importantly is we've been doing a, a considered amount of metallurgical work and that's sort of you know um, tweaking reagents and so forth and you know although our feasibility said about 80% we're getting consistent recoveries of of well over that and 85 some areas in the high grade parts of the deposit we're getting over 90% so that's that's going to be a significant upgrade to the to the metrics um, going forward on the negative side of that is capital costs. And we all know in our industry, we've got supply chain issues and, and uh, labour issues and so forth, and, and that will increase. But overall, the the optimisation program is going to be uh, by far net positive for the project. and We hope to have that study complete by the end of this year.
0: Be interesting to see with some of the lower grade portions whether you could use ore uh, sorting techniques as well to upgrade. Well, we, we are looking at that as well,
1: and yeah, you know, if we can optimise that that head grade going to the mill, that's that's uh, particularly important. So, and again, again, it, it's it's um. Yeah, you know, every tweak that we can that we that we can manage um, on on the mine side is is, um, uh, is 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 something that has got the opportunity to reduce costs. Yeah, and we want to consistently get our um, our um, uh, cash costs and uh, well our total costs in in below ten US dollars an ounce, and I think that uh, bodes well for the. The market going forward
0: so with the uh, sale of the product the taking the product to market you've talked about Port pirie is that really the number one option for you
1: it's certainly the number one option but it's not locked in yeah. um, obviously you know our product can go after any smelter in in um, in Asia or anywhere else in the world um, but uh, yeah obviously as we as we complete the optimization work we'll um, we'll talk more to, to Port Pirie. Obviously, they have spare capacity, so they're interested in the product, but so are others. Um, the zinc product, which is separate, that that'll, um, that won't that will go to Port Pirie. That, that is likely to um, go out through the Port of Botany or Newcastle, and that'll go either to Tasmania or, or anywhere in Asia. Um, but as I mentioned before, that's about 20% of our revenue stream comes from the uh, from the zinc product, but com- coming back to the original question, yes, it's all concentrate. It's it's all uh, pretty simple. We we don't have any complexity in our in our ores and um, is any nasty elements that are going to be detrimental to um, uh, to pricing of our concentrate and. And uh, it's all, you know, conventional uh, recoveries and, and, and importantly, not smelting on site, which is yeah, obviously um, you know, environmentally um, concerning if we, were, if we were going down that path. Which yeah. Be-
0: so, Anthony, let's talk about the price of silver. I mean, it's outperformed its cousin gold recently to trade at around Aussie dollars thirty-eight an ounce, So it's over today sort of twenty-five dollars and ten cents US an ounce, which makes it about thirty-eight, nearly forty dollars an ounce. And you'll be mining initially. You know when you're underground mining at six or seven, uh, that's sort of two hundred and eighty dollars a ton of ore that comes to the to the concentrator. It's uh, quite a valuable product. Can you outline how mm-hmm. expanding industrial uses? For silver, have changed the prospects for pricing of this metal going forward. Yeah, Peter, the, the, I, I think we all know
1: that. Yeah, you know, silver's always you know travelled behind gold, and yeah. um, it appears to have broken out of that to to an extent. But there's been periods in time where. Um, where there's been the the, the view that, that that silver should be um, quite separate to gold, it hasn't always demonstrated that, and I think there'll always be a marry given, you know, the history of silver, and and you know, there's still a big part of the world you think as about a coinage yeah. and, and you know, India and so forth. It's it's um it's still very part, very much part of the monetary um, yeah. system. How, however, yeah, you know, uh, gold, as we know, doesn't have too many applications, but um, silver. Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's history has, has been, you know, coinage cornage and, and whatever. Um, Photography. bars, Photography. Um, obviously went through two more, turmoil for silver given... Um, the Kodak uh, moment. When, Kodak modem. Where, yeah, we went <laughs> digital. Um, but, yeah, you know, what what's picking up the slack in that is the industrial applications. So, yeah. and the, the reason for that is silver is by far the best electrical conductor. So when you think about you know solar panels uh, photovoltaic cells or solar panels you think about electric vehicles and whatever the the, the reason why silver is a critical component in those um, developing industries is uh, particularly for e- e- electric vehicles as, as an example is we all need to get you know the right the the, the um, we need to maximize um, the, the the battery power right so yeah. we we don't want to waste any of that so the connectivity in that you might have sort of fifty to eighty uh, connection points in an electric vehicle that is um, silver so that's connecting copper wiring whatever and silver is is providing the conduit of the connectivity to maximise that battery recovery photovoltaic cells so yeah.
0: silver is used in inks isn't it so that uh, they just spray it on the to the circuitry is actually spray or painted on with this silver ink yeah, and pace,
1: uh, and pace. At, um, uh, but you know, photovoltaic cells. Um, you know, technologies will change over time. But as at today, most photovoltaic cells uh, don't operate without silver. So yeah. that's a massive growth industry. And we see, you know, the US and uh, being so so bullish on on solar power, and you know, Australia's in it as well. But yeah, you know, when you see see you know, the Biden administration coming out and saying sixty percent of of U.S. power is going to come from um, solar power and other renewables. I mean, yeah. it's just a yeah. You know, I, I don't, I don't, I, I don't buy it that they'll be able to achieve that yeah. um, over, over the short term, anyway. But uh, but still, it's it's a massive growth industry, and you know the U.S. and Australia, you know, they're, they're just, you know, they're some markets. But you have got the rest of the world as as well, and the Middle East and the Europe and whatever, are all very bullish on it. So.
0: Anthony, yeah. when when will Silver Mines complete the optimization of its feasibility work for the project?
1: So we yeah we we're going at it uh, very hard now. So um, we have GR Engineering and and others who are, are putting the optimisation pro, uh, program together. Various consultants metallurgies um, has uh, been operating for for eight months now, and we're getting the finality of that. But uh, we expect to have a. Um, the document completed by the end of this year and that's you know that's sort of at a, at a bankable level but but keep keep in mind we completed our feasibility initial yeah. feasibility in 2018 so it's an updating optimizer op- optimization uh, process
0: what do you expect the project will cost to get into to commission and how far has the project traveled down the funding path i think you need to get the optimization study finished to do that
1: yeah, um, yeah. For a project like this, we have the uh, the usual suspects in project finance clambering over each other to get to get involved. Um, we haven't opened up our data room just yet. Obviously, the optimization work will be um, complete before that does. But, but yeah, we, we've you know been open in the market for some time in discussing uh, the development and um, the yeah. you know, the bankers and and other. Cars in Australia are all, you know, um, um, interested in the project. But more importantly, is the overwhelming response we've had, had from offshore, and, and it yeah. still is a bit about, a bit unusual for Australia. It's, it it's, is,
0: yeah.
1: Um, you know, it's, it's usually a byproduct, and we have, you know, Cannington and Queensland, and and us, us in, and yeah, you know, and, and then there's a few small silver operations, but typically it's a byproduct, so it's not unusual. It's not like North America, Central America, and South America, so. Um, we we have a lot of interest from from offshore, particularly out of North America. So it's an open market, and for a project like this, a quality project like this, we'll have no problem financing. Yeah, the financing according to our two thousand eighteen feasibility was about two hundred fifty million dollars. We expect that yeah. um, that will increase to around about the three hundred um, Aussie dollar uh, mark, and and I don't think if we're doing that today, that'll be um uh, uh very easy i think coming back to the silver price and the markets going forward when when you see you know citigroup and, and goldman sachs and others you know last year and and you know talking silver up to you know sort of the best case of 30 an ounce whatever you know we used to think that that or well, the silver market in general the precious metals market used to think well that's you know a bit of crazy talk whatever it's really bullish whatever but it's not at all it's not at all nowadays when you see the industrial applications and and um the 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 deficit in the market 200 million ounces a year is in deficit um the 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 outlook for silver is, is is particularly positive? Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, Anthony, early your early work showed a all-in sustaining cost of around US thirteen dollars an ounce. Do you think that will still be achievable when you finished your uh, your studies?
1: Uh yeah. So we we um, in in fact you know, com- coming back to those three years um, of the initial uh, development where we have low. Um, Strip ratios, higher grade, whatever. That's below. That's around around nine. All all in, it's about nine dollars US um, an ounce. Um, we'd be delighted if um, through our optimization work, through the opening of an underground operation as well, if we're able to it is consistently achieved below ten US dollars an ounce. That's where we want to be, and uh, um, I think that that'll be a great place to to be. So, yeah, you know, yeah, great grade is important in that.
0: Yeah, we'll look forward to seeing that um, that work when it comes out later in the year. And of course, as you said, it's a massive system. and, the, you know, the temptation would be to spend money on exploration, but you don't need to do that at the moment. You need to get the project up and running. Yeah. So I think. Yeah. It's going well,
1: to be you know, the, the, the the exploration work will continue, but you know, obviously yeah. the focus has been on you know since the feasibility was complete those years ago. You know, a huge amount. We're in New South Wales, right? So. You know mm. the environmental process is significant and and you know people can complain about that and call red tape whatever it is what it is right and and you know we're we're happy to be in a jurisdiction that has you know very very strong environmental protections and that's part of our DNA in any case right so we work around that but the the process of um, you know we submitted our environment environmental work um the initial environmental work some you know almost three years ago um, but it, it's taken that time yeah. Um, uh, to get to the point we are now, so to to achieve our final approvals uh, two weeks ago was a major step for us, and that was you know, that was a big moment and probably the biggest moment for the company in in achieving those approvals. And you know, it takes a long time to do, and so yeah, we're we're getting we're getting cracking on it to to get it built next year.
0: Well, that's fantastic, Anthony. Thanks for coming in to talk to Stockhead. Today, uh, we'll be watching as this uh, project uh, develops, and I'm sure the all of your neighbours and the people in Mudgee and in Orange will be excited to know that there's uh, plenty of activity there once the coal mines start to uh, to slow down. Uh, you know, towards the end of the decade. So, uh, thanks again for coming in to talk to Rocky on today. Pleasure, Peter. Thank you.